Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by. Hey, and I'm your host, Dr. Pat Vasily, and you all have been listening to me on the radio for several years now. And it doesn't get any more powerful of a message than what we what we're going to bring to you tonight. And first of all, let me thank each and every one of you for your ongoing support, everything that you've done to support the show, and for paying it forward. We have some exciting, exciting news to share with you in the next couple of weeks on how you can even get more involved in helping others out there that so want to hear your stories of inspiration. Talking about inspiration, that's what today's show is about. You know, we have books that we're going to give away to you, and hopefully by the end of the show today, you too will be inspired to take an action that you've never taken before. I've got a great guest joining us here today, but today's topic is the give back solution. Create a better world with your time, talents, and travel. Whether you have $10 or 10000 Joining me today, author Susan Skog is here in the house, and we are going to be talking with Susan not only about the book, but about the message. Susan has written about humanitarians and their projects for uh, over 20 years. She is the author of five nonfiction books, including Peace in Our Lifetime and Embracing Our Essence. Her work has appeared in many of the leading magazines and newspaper, including the New York Times, Newsday, Family Circle, Prevention, Good Housekeeping, one of my favorites, AARP Magazine. Uh, and today's show, you'll get to visit with us about what does it mean to step out of your comfort zone, perhaps, What does it mean to do the unexpected? And what does it mean to do that in today's economy? For those of you that are going to call in with questions and comments, I'm going to ask you to step up to what I'm calling tonight the Give Back Challenge. Even though Susan's book is the Give Back Solution, the challenge for you tonight is to think about areas of your life that, you know, as we say, on the Dr. Pat Show, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? What would you do to help another if you knew you could not fail? What would you do if you knew that the world was at your fingertips to do this? By the end of today's show, the world will be at your fingertips because what Susan has created, she's created an incredible book, a guide, so to speak, to answer all of your questions, but more importantly, to really put aside all of the, well, let me call them excuses that we have for not stepping out in the world in a bigger way through tough times and through good times. Hey, Susan, thank you for joining me here today. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. 
Thanks, Pat. This is wonderful, and I loved your introduction. I, I found myself taking notes because I thought that's a fabulous introduction for another book. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just a. I think right now you're you're exactly capturing what's going on. You know, a lot of people are ready to step up, to rise up, to to engage, and uh, to connect. And I think it's it's just a matter of us realizing that we're all doing this together, and uh, and then the momentum really just flows out. You know, this is almost old hat for you in a way, and then in a way not. Uh, and I say that it's old hat because it sounds like, you know, from what I've seen, um, what I've seen of your work, what you've written about in the past, you know, the people you connect with, how you really ask us to rise above certain obstacles, challenges, whatever they are in our life. You know, this is really what I hear you asking us to do. And at the same time, I want to ask you, as we sit down tonight and we talk about the Give Back Solution, you know, what would you say the difference would be about having this book out here today, 2009, or perhaps having this book been written 10 years ago? What, what do you think the general difference is between humanitarian efforts and us as individuals and being willing to take the torch? You know, that's a, that's a fabulous question, and I think absolutely so many things have shifted in the last 10 years. Um, you know, there's just been this total change in consciousness, Pat, where I think more people are realizing that we really are connected, um, that the world has has gotten more connected, that we are part of one another, that we belong to one another, and that we, you know, this, this strange and wonderful thing has happened, that there's, a, there's just a surge of individuals, um, you know, myself included, who really wanted to reach out to people in my own backyard, but also people thousands of miles away. You know, I just, I think many of us for the, in a keener way really realize that whether it's a mother in Africa or a small business owner in Bolivia or possibly a child who wants to go to school in Pakistan, we see that we all have the same dreams and the same hopes, and we also see that we can make a difference. So I think there's this, there's this really keener sense of, I am a change agent. Everyone's a change agent. Um, whether the world becomes more prosperous and more uh, peaceful and more vibrant really does really does depend on me. And so I think there's that sense of empowerment that is really, really fabulous right now. You know, there, what I love about, you know, this conversation, right, between you and I, I don't know about you, but I, I know that I've been at the, I've been at places in my life before where I've sat there and said, I just don't know what to do. I don't know how to help. And, you know, I now realize, you know, a lot of years later that, boy, that was just a big old excuse for me not really having the courage to step out there and claim the fact that I can make a difference, that one person can make a difference. So when you, you sat down to write The Give Back Solution, um, I'm just curious, what did you really see happening with this? What I mean what is your most exquisite vision for the book, but probably more importantly, the people that read it? You know, my biggest hope, Pat, is that each of us does become on fire with the idea that we can't not volunteer or serve or engage or do something. And so whether it's a seven-year-old girl who I have in my book who's raising pennies to put up schools in Afghanistan, um, or a 75-year-old who's working on easing poverty here and uh, around the world. 
you know, I, my dream is that we all see that we really, each one of us is a change agent and that if we each do just a little bit, you know, there's, there's thousands of homeless people in, in, in many of our own communities. Maybe we don't really feel compelled to go to Africa. Maybe we feel compelled to reach out to somebody here. But my dream is that, that there's just this, this knowing sense and this fun, infectious, grassroots um, come, outpouring of goodwill that we see in our neighborhoods. And, and absolutely, we're seeing that already. I think that's what I love, loved about writing this book, Pat, is that I realized that whether it's my aunt in um, you know, Iowa or a relative in Ohio or a friend in New Mexico, more and more people are becoming engaged. And you know, it brings out the best of us. I think that's the beautiful thing is that reaching out and helping somebody else absolutely brings out the best in us. And thank goodness for uh, President Obama's call to service right now. It, it just totally calls us up to, to be, um, you know, to be the best we can be. You know, what I love about what we're talking about as well is that it is a call to service. And I'm hoping by the end of tonight's conversation that we've actually put aside certain myths about what holds us back. Probably the number one obstacle that I hear, and I wanted to get your take on this from folks, is, you know what? I can't even pay my mortgage. You know, what do you mean you want me to spend this kind of money to go help somebody else? Or, you know, I mean, this is sort of, you know, both sides or flip sides of of looking at people that are struggling with their own lives. And at the same time, isn't there really an enormous gift to take your life in the moment and be of service? Absolutely. And I think, and I, I talk about that in the book, and um, and I also... I totally agree with you that there are many people right now who are struggling with how do I pay my electricity, how mm-hmm. do I exactly, how do I get food on the table, and the beautiful thing about giving back is it doesn't have to cost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you could tutor somebody from your kitchen table on your via your computer. Um, you can take basically an hour a week and go into your local elementary school or go to your local food bank. And, and help someone else. And there's so many things that we can do that cost l- relatively nothing. The art of listening. You know, there's a woman in my book who does compassionate listening. She spends time on the phone talking with people who've survived traumas. Um, you know, there's so many things we can do. And, and, again, the beautiful thing is that for people who are unemployed or people struggling right now with um, finances, helping somebody else takes you out of your worries. It totally takes you away from being focused on your own um, stresses and anxieties and puts you in a beautiful place where you're really caring for somebody else, which which absolutely uh, increases your your own sense of well-being and your own sense of hope and optimism. So to me, it's a, you know, serving other people is, is one of the most powerful stimulus packages that we can do because it just injects a lot of optimism um, and it brings us together. You know, when you're worrying about your finances, you're very isolated. When you're a force for good by reaching out, um, you're connected with other people. And, you know, one of the things that that I wanted to talk with you about tonight, and for those of you that are just tuning in, you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I, I'm so thrilled and honored to have very special guest here, the author of The Give Back Solution, Create a Better World with Your Time, Talents, and Your tra- and Travel. Uh, Susan Skog joining me here today. She has been sort of a leader in the field of humanitarian work for quite some time. And tonight's conversation is, for me, in, in, in several parts. First, it's to share stories, stories about some of the people that Susan 
has, has been writing about and what they're doing. The second part of this is to really put, dispel or put aside the myth that, you know, if you're not Bono of, you know, YouTube for flying around there, you know, doing humanitarian things, it can't be done. This conversation tonight is about you and it's about me. And it's about what we're called to do to help another human being. And I really want to start off with, first of all, sharing some of these stories, Susan, only because we do have this sort of, we idolize, you know, some of the folks in our pop culture right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, okay, if I'm not Bono or if I'm not Oprah, then how am I going to do anything? And you actually have a chapter in the book that we're going to talk about. But I want to hear from you. I mean, a lot of the stories that I've read about in, in your book, they're not about the Oprahs. They're about people like you and me and our listeners today. I would love for you to share a few of these. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And it, and it is, it's, it's basically bring out your own power. It's that idea, you know, that it really does come down to us, um, that each one of us has a piece in this. And, uh, you know, Bono has said it beautifully so many times himself because Bono basically put the call out to each one of us to, to be the change. He said, we can't say. Bono said, we can't say our generation didn't know how to do it. We can't say our generation couldn't afford to do it. And we can't say our generation didn't have reason to do it. It's up to us. And so Bono's put that call back out to each one of us to find our own little piece of this. Um, you know, and, it, and in my book, yeah, there are beautiful people who've just done, ordinary people who felt compelled to do small things that ended up sometimes being quite powerful. One woman who I absolutely love, Marsha Wallace um, is a former nurse, and Marsha realized, like a lot of us, that she, she wanted to do something, but she didn't know what she wanted to do. She felt like she really had to help women around the world reach for a brighter day, women living in poverty, refugee women. And Marsha realized, hey, I don't have a lot of means and I don't have a lot of time, but one thing I can do is gather my friends. And so she gathered her friends in a potluck, uh, and then they took the money that they would have spent dining out, Pat, and they donated it back to women around the world. And that's how this fabulous group called Dining for Women was born. And now Dining for Women has like 150 chapters all over the country of women who do just what Pat, what, what she started, what Marcia started. They got together. They had, had meaningful uh, meals or potlucks with purpose, and then they donated back what they would have spent dining out. And, and, it, and again, that's a powerful idea that's rippled out. Um, so a lot of times it's, you know, ordinary people who just search their souls and thought, okay, what, what do I love to do myself? Um, a, a little seven-year-old in the book is the one I mentioned, Morgan Atwell, who loved to gather her friends and for birthday parties, and she said, don't bring me presents, guys. Bring me pennies. And so Morgan gathered all the pennies at, her, at uh, several birthday parties to help put up schools in Afghanistan. Um, you know, it's that kind of thing that, that many people who just, who looked within themselves and thought, what really calls to me and how do I do maybe an ordinary gesture that becomes powerful? And I think that's the, the message I have that I really want to convey in the book is you don't have to be an Oprah. You don't have to be a Bono. You just have to be yourself, and that's powerful enough. And really this is what we're talking about. You know what I'm so struck by is because I thought about this a lot, and I remember, you know, and, and I don't know how to really describe my life, but let me call it my, you know, when I was in my corporate life, 
mm-hmm. for a minute. Um, and, and I did very well in the corporation and until I just really wasn't aligned anymore. But, you know, once I went through my own personal downsizing and, and then, and then went on to write two master's theses in a, this, in a dissertation about the effects of it, you know, I realized how little time I gave while I was in that world to anything other than what was going on in front of me immediately on my job. And then, you know, when I wasn't at my job, thinking about what was going on at my job, even when I was not there. Mm-hmm. But once I left, and, it, and I remember this, it was very painful, so I'm not going to kid you about it. But I moved across the country and I moved to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I had spent some time in Seattle, but I had no idea of what it was like to sit down for the first time in my life and have nothing really to do. Mm-hmm. Now, lost the job, not feeling good, had a lot of time on my hands in the moment. What I did was something that I never thought I, 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 could, I would do. I lived right down the street in Seattle from an organization called the Chicken Soup Brigade. Wow. Yeah. And they made meals for people in the Seattle area. And so I, I love to cook. Here I was. I went in. I volunteered. I, I met a lot of people. We were in this kitchen. We were cutting chicken, <laughs> peeling potatoes. I felt so good. You feel so alive, don't you? I, mm-hmm. It's just the coolest feeling, and that's what I talk in the book about. It's, it's the privilege, and it's, it's just a blast to reach out and do that type of thing. And, and, you know, people call it the helper's high because it just makes you feel so alive. And once you start doing that kind of thing, you can't stop, you know. Whether you, uh, whether you volunteer in your local school or, or help somebody halfway across the world, it really is this uh, infectious, addictive rush that you, that you get. And I think, as, as, yeah, it, and a lot of people, you know, in my book talk about that, Pat, that they found themselves searching or longing or restless or lonely or disconnected or down on their luck or out of money, and something led them, you know, some knowing or some serendipitous moment um, or some moment of grace really led them to this whole sense that i got to do something for somebody else, and it totally transformed their life. Um, and I found going to Africa for myself, there was that sense of, you know, my this was a couple of years ago. Our older son was rebelling and ready to vault the nest, and I was really feeling restless in my work. And I wanted, you know, I wanted deeper meaning and more meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took, I had dreams about being with the women in Africa, Pat, and and so I knew I just had to go. And I went to Uganda and did some work with refugee women just over two weeks. But it just felt like coming home. You know, it was just this sense of rightness that, wow, I am doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, and, you know, this conversation today, for those of you tuning in, I want to give you, I want to give you just an exquisite opportunity um, for you to jump in. We're going to take a short break right now. Uh, And in the meantime, take down this number, uh, 877-876-5227, and I would love to give away copies of this book for those of you that call in with a comment or an idea, something that's been on your mind, something that you've thought, 
wow, I would love to do that. Um, you know, eight, oh, wait, I think I've got a new toll-free number. Let me give out the new number. Uh, 888-815-9756. 888-815-9756. And so that's toll-free worldwide. We'd love to hear from you. And we've got about three copies of this book to give away. Seth will be right there to pick up the phone. And we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Susan and I are going to talk about the Give Back Solution. But we're going to talk about some of these amazing, very specific things you can do now. You're listening to The Dr. Pat Show. We'll be right back. Stay tuned, everybody. Can you imagine a world where noodles are calorie-free? For centuries, Japanese women have eaten these noodles. Now this Japanese Miracle Noodle is available in the United States at MiracleNoodle.com. As seen on ABC News, this noodle made only of soluble fiber has zero net carbs and zero calories. Imagine the possibilities. Now you know why it's called Miracle Noodle. Add noodles back into your diet guilt-free at MiracleNoodle.com. Hey, guys, I heard you talking about the Ageless Secret. You've got to try it. Just a few sprays of the light mist and my face feels tighter and smoother. The longer I've been using it, the better my results have become. You're going to absolutely love it. So go to AgelessSecret.com or call 888-424-4247. That's AgelessSecret.com. Or give them a shout at 888-424-4247 and get some now. Be the first to join your favorite Hay House authors on the next I Can Do It at Sea. Come aboard a luxurious cruise ship and meet Greg Braden, Brian Weiss, Sonia Choquette, and many more. The seven-night cruise to Alaska on July 11th through 18th, 2009 includes soul-nourishing workshops, spiritual cinema movies in your cabin, autograph sessions, and amazing ports of call. This is a vacation you'll never forget. Cabins are limited. Reserve today. HayHouse.com. Most of mankind's diseases are part of history, but few realize it at this time. A simple, inexpensive mineral supplement has the potential to change your life and your health. Go to thedrpatshow.com and listen to the interview with Jim Humble and Dennis Richard and learn the secrets of why your health is your choice. MMS, the miracle mineral supplement of the 21st century, can be purchased at mmsdr.com or call 760-536-6123. That's mmsdr.com. Introducing the featured re-release of Cat James' grassroots best-selling book, The Truth About Beauty, Transform Your Looks and Your Life from the Inside Out. The Truth About Beauty represents the most comprehensively researched and inspiring body and beauty guide to date. It's been called a masterpiece by New York Magazine's two-time nutritionist of the year, Oz Garcia, and a path to personal triumph by former Glamour publisher Suzanne Grimes. The re-release edition of this modern health and beauty classic features 40% new material, including James' long-awaited recipes from her acclaimed Total Transformation programs, plus her living formula for freedom from food obsession, state-of-the-art natural skin, supplement, and anti-aging strategies, and a natural product resource guide called Worth Its Weight in Gold by Marie Claire Magazine. If you're ready to get serious, get the truth about beauty and transform yourself today. Visit informedbeauty.com.
Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. For more information about us, please check out our website at www.thedrpatshow.com, T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com, or simply go to drpatlive.com, drpatlive.com. I have to tell you, I'm so jazzed about today's conversation with Susan Skog, and the book is The Give Back Solution. And we want to make sure you have information on how you can find out more, and you're going to want to find out more because Susan really gives us the nuts and bolts so that we can take our time, our talents, and make things happen across the world. You know, Susan, thank you so much for joining us here today. Can we take a minute and let people know how they can get a copy of the book, let them know about your website, about the information that's there, and how they can get plugged in? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, my website is under my name. It's www.susanskog.com, and so they can read all about my book there. And I also list on my site, Pat, uh, ways that people can get involved. You know, if, they're, if they feel like they want to dive in and do some volunteering or some connection, um, I list a lot of great ways that they can dive in and explore it. So um, it's a great go-to place. It is a great place. As a matter of fact, what I love is I went to the page that says 21 ways to be a change agent. Mm-hmm. I love this because, you know, if you don't have any ideas, you're like listening to the show and you're thinking, I don't know what to do. Okay, go to Susan's website, check it out, and go to, you know, 21 ways to be a change agent because once you do that, and I think it was under what you can do, you're going to see some of these things here and you're going to see how you can help. Um, and how and easy they are. Very, very easy. I love number two. You know, a friend of mine did this. It's the, call your local school and see what their needs are for clothing, low-income kids, tutors, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You just got to be willing to take action. What do you think, yeah. Susan, right now? What is sort of the state of the union for volunteering right now? You know, right now what's happening is it, we really are seeing – that the needs are pretty great, as we know. There's homeless people living, uh, you know, in 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 squalor. Um, there's people living out of their cars because the economy is challenging. But yet, what we're seeing is that we've, we're seeing such a surge in volunteers. We're seeing record numbers of people who are volunteering from all demographics and all ages. It's just so exciting. Um, you know, we're seeing like an uptick, for example, in people who have been laid off because. They've realized that it can help them stay connected. It can help sharpen their skills. Maybe they'll go down to the local food bank once a week or twice a week and engage because it really gives them just a sense of meaning. We're seeing more college students. We're seeing more retirees. You mentioned AARP. I think AARP just rocks. Um, and that's what they're seeing, too, is that you know more people really want to engage. And Peace Corps has seen a huge uptick. AmeriCorps, um, we've we're at a point where I really do think that we're seeing people who, who not only want to give back, but they're realizing that this can be a lifestyle for them um, because once they start, they connect with so many amazing people. So I want people to realize, you know, don't, don't let it hold you back because, again, your neighbor down the street, uh, everyone's really getting out there and, and doing some fabulous stuff. Well, and th- this is really what it's about. I want to share a story with you, Susan, because I think this is somebody that I really want to put you in touch with. I, I did a show um, about two, 
two weeks ago right here on this station where I had my friend Val John Ferris on. And Val John has always been a humanitarian. I mean, you know, he created wisdomforhumanity.org um, and found himself in a very peculiar situation this year. Just about everything in his life had been stripped away. He was on the verge of his home being taken from him. Now, this is a man that is an award-winning author, a study with the Buckminster Fuller, and in, in almost a nanosecond, his life turned around. So the question is, what do you do when everything in your life is stripped away from you? Where do you go? Well, what this man did, Val John Ferris, he created an organization because he became homeless. And this is something he and I share. He became homeless. And when you're homeless and you get a sense of it, you have a couple of different directions you could go. In his case, he knew how to get the resources. What he created was I Care America, and that wow. is iCare-America.org. I think you've seen it on CNN, the whole issue around Sacramento, California, but very little with his image in it. You know, you've seen the mayor out there. But this is a man that is starting a, a wave of consciousness and awareness throughout the country and creating centers all over the country. So, Susan, how does one person like Val John stripped away pretty much everything in his life, how does someone like that have the gumption, the courage, the stamina to do something like that? And, and is, that, is that really possible for each of us? You know, I, I think it's absolutely possible for each one of us. And I, I think it begins with what he did. You know, you, you look at where you're at. You look at where you're at and you realize that all is well. Maybe I'm not at a place where I thought I would be, but I have resources. I have talents. I have inner strength. I've got, even with some fear, it might be incredibly, it might be an incredibly scary time. But you realize that you've got to Spark, you've got some interest, you've got some passions, and I love his story because he used his experience, I think, as sort of that, that catalyst to have the empathy. And, you know, when you're down, when, when things are rugged, when, when we're brought to our knees, when things fall apart, man, isn't that a great time when our heart's broken open? And, you, you know, when that's happened to me, I have greater empathy for other people. Um, I have more empathy for people who also are broken open. And so I think that's when you kind of you search yourself and you think, okay, what's calling me? What's really calling me? If I, if I were to help just one person, don't think about necessarily launching a big organization. Yeah, think about what can I do for that homeless child three blocks away down the street at my school. Mm-hmm. Um, so go, you know, start small, and I think that's the genesis of it. Like Marsha Wallace, she just gathered her friends and did a potluck one living room at a time, one kitchen table, one act at a time. That's kind of how it ripples out. Um, you know, babysit maybe. One thing I recommend is a lot of people say, hey, I don't have resources, I don't have time, I'm home with young children. What if you offered to babysit for an overworked, overstretched single parent? Again, it's, it's that kind of thing. Start small and then follow your heart. 
and ask, ask, ask for support. You know, ask, ask the universe for support. Ask your friends. Ask your relatives. People love to help an infectious person on fire with an idea. Um, so know that you're not doing it yourself, too. I think that's a big deal. That's a big, big key right there is none of us is doing it by ourselves. We aren't supposed to. No, we're not. You know, actually, I have a statement that I love to say, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to say it. You know, if we were meant to do things ourselves, you know what? Like, you'd have your own planet. It would be called Susan. I'd have my <laughs> own planet, and it would be called Pat. <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and I, honestly, I, I think we forget that sometimes, and that may seem a little extreme, but that's actually the way I think about it. You know, we were all put here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reason isn't so that we can create our individual silos and forget that we have something right next to us that's so important. Uh, in in your book, you talk about a, a couple of different things. And, and I want to talk about the, the, the chapter that you put in here on global health. The mm-hmm. reason I want to talk about this is because, boy, you know, the radio shows that I do, and I'm on, I'm on air about 13 hours a week, and the radio shows that I do, I get to talk to some incredible people. First of all, Jim Humble, who created the Miracle Mineral Solution, which is doing amazing things, you know, to take care of malaria across the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question is, are we in a crisis state with this? And what are people doing to help other people so people deliver clean water prevent AIDS and so forth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're definitely seeing, we, we know that too many children, for example, die every day of preventable diseases. Um, we know that two out of every five have no access to basic sanitation. One person out of every five has no clean water. Um, every hour, 200 children under the age of five die from drinking dirty water, for example. So we know these things. These facts are well documented. And I think what's happening now is that ordinary people have decided, hey, I can't sit around and wait for large, sometimes sluggish, you know, aid organizations to make a big enough difference. I need to make a big enough difference, like your friend who you described. Um, And so we're seeing, like, the citizen core of people who've decided that Maybe they want to take a volunteer vacation and for three weeks um, help distribute malaria nets. Um, maybe they want to go and spend time, as I did with my teenage son two years ago, we went to Thailand and we volunteered at an AIDS hospice one afternoon and then we went to an orphanage and worked with children who were infected with AIDS. And you know, I think there's that sense of more people are realizing I can do a little bit um, and if I can't travel, I sure can write a letter to the editor. I can talk to my local teachers and see if they can start teaching about some of these global health issues. I can raise some money. Um, You know, I think there's many things that we can do to ease the suffering of people around the world. And I think the coolest thing, Pat, the coolest, coolest thing is that we're seeing, we're seeing, you know, these people who are suffering around the world are no longer invisible to us. Um, and that's the beautiful thing is we're seeing and we're responding. And that's what I love about this. Let me ask you a couple of interesting questions. Do you think the rise in volunteerism is up because, you know, those of us boomers that are around right now uh, you know, are looking for really juicy things to do or just things to do? Or is it a combination of that along with, you know, people now 
being moved out of jobs, or is it a different level of consciousness in our youth? Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? You know, I think you're tapping on all of it, my friend. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's all of the above, don't you? Yeah, I, I, and I think it's because how much meaning can we get out of just, I mean, I find myself, I need more than just my day-to-day life where I'm taking care of my own house, my own yard. Um, I really need that sense of I'm making a difference for somebody else. Um, and so I think we're finding absolutely the baby, baby boomers. Um, I'm in that population. We, I think many of us feel like, man, there should be more juice. Um, with life, and for me, that juice is rolling up my sleeves and diving in deeper. But then we're also seeing, you know, the, the young people who just grew up. They were told over and over all the time that they were the change agents, and so mm-hmm. they're on fire to make a difference. And at the same time, we certainly have, yeah, we're seeing so many more people now who are laid off and are struggling, and they're, they really are turning and doing more volunteering. You know, they've been articles just in the last couple of weeks, Pat, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, talking about, you know, the unemployed who are in, you know, many of them are saying, hey, I can't sit around anymore. I'm going to take this time and do some volunteering. I've always wanted to. And, man, this is keeping my skills sharp. And I think it's also going to make me more attractive to an employer when jobs start becoming more plentiful. So there's just a lot of demographics, a lot of a lot of shifts going on, and I think mm-hmm. that whole heart opening thing is really happening too. That people really want to reach out. And you know, you mentioned something really important, Susan, because one of the things that you mentioned, which most people, I you know, I coach career people, people in career transition, and one of the things I say to them is, look, you know, when you're ready to go to that next employer, you want to demonstrate to them that there was something that you were involved in, and mm-hmm. a, a lot of folks don't realize that. On their resume, putting down these volunteer efforts are very important. And, in fact, you can even get references and recommendations. What's your take on it? Do you, do you see that mm-hmm. happening? Do you think people know that? You know, I think they're seeing that more and more because a lot of corporations, for example, want, some, want humanitarian-minded people. People who volunteer and give back tend to be more resourceful, they're more creative, they're problem solvers, they're can-do, you know, kind of people. And it makes you incredibly attractive to prospective employers if you, if you have that type of volunteering um, in your background. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you know, it, 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 I think, again, it, it, it just boosts our, it boosts our psychological well-being, our spiritual well-being, our physical well-being. You know, it just is, service is great medicine. It's some of the best medicine there is, and, and that's why more people are doing it too. But I, many people are finding if they volunteer, for example, at a nonprofit, lo and behold, when the nonprofit's budget starts to get more robust, they're offered jobs, and, you know, that's being reported in the media too. You know, let me ask you this question. I mean, we're talking about all of the really cool things that one can do, the Give Back Solution, of course, is your book. Susan Skog is my very special guest here today. Great book. And if you're wondering, what the heck can I do? How can I get involved? You're going to get a lot of answers from looking, uh, from reading this book and, and paying it forward and passing this on or maybe taking this on as a group of people, your friends, and get together and use this book as a guide. And, you know, to be able to come together and say, look, you know, we didn't know what to do, but we're very powerful people. And now, through the work of Susan Scott, we can sit down and we can figure this out. You know, the website, susanscog.com, as a matter of fact, is, you know, it's the place that you can also go 
you know, to take a look at beyond everything you're doing, how can I connect with Susan? How can she help me? How can we get things moving? So there's a lot of information out there. And, Susan, I wanted to get to what some people call challenges, and I love challenges. I love them because I've never had one where I, A, haven't learned from it, and, B, haven't landed at a far better place than I was before. But mm-hmm. the question's got to be asked. How, what do you see? 20-plus years in this, what do you see as the greatest challenges we face today in terms of getting volunteers out there, coming together, uniting to create some of these changes you and I are talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, I think... I think that whole notion that it has to be so hard. I think mm. that's one of the biggest challenges is people think, okay, if I make a volunteer commitment, I really have to make this heavy obligation, this, you know, this weekly responsibility. And so I think one of the things I'm trying to bust through is the, the idea that it has to be difficult. Um, well, I keep showing in the book, you know, people say over and over, I've never had so much fun. I'm having the time of my life. Mm-hmm. I feel on purpose. I feel alive. And so I think that's a big part of it is to sort of like just transform this whole idea that service has to be um, service has to be overwhelming. It should be fun. You know, I say over and over, don't do it unless it is totally rewarding. Um, and so that, and another time commitment. You know, we're so overbooked, we're so overscheduled, we all are. And I think sometimes, you know, maybe we do need to let a few things go. Um, maybe, you know, I find for myself, hey, I don't necessarily strive to be a domestic goddess. Um, I, my house doesn't have to be per- pottery barn perfect. I would much rather spend time hanging out with kids because that just totally, totally, totally rocks my world, mm-hmm. um, doing volunteer work with kids. Um, and so I think it's that whole idea of, like, what really makes you happy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can get, we, we can get like, that Cheryl Crow song and start singing it together here. Uh, you know, one of the <laughs> things that I love that you put in the book was, you know, Chapter 7. I did. I, I, I got through the book, and I thought, wow, wow, this is an interesting chapter. Spread the prosperity, invest in entrepreneurs. Uh, You know what? I want to thank you so much for saying that because as an entrepreneur, as an independent radio host, really, and and really relying on other people, our sponsors who are fabulous, this is an area that no one is really talking about now, especially in the middle of the financial crisis. Mm-hmm. I don't really hear many people over in Washington saying, you know what, we better be looking out for the entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you about this chapter because I found, it, I found it so significant, so important, and so timely right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because it really is. I mean, we're all, we're all in this together. And, you know, it's the idea that, I just feel like we're so connected that if we reach out and support entrepreneurs, whether it's in our own backyard, um, I live in Colorado, so if mm-hmm. I do something to help an entrepreneur here, um, you know, the, the, as they say, the rising tide absolutely lifts all boats. Um, if we empower one another and if we support entrepreneurs, we're going to see that ripple out in just this, this you know, groundswell again of prosperity. And so a lot of people, you know, some of the things are so easy that you can do, too. You know, you can 
you can do counseling. Um, again, if you want to, if you want to help coach someone eager, eager to get a job, you can go to a website called careergear.org or your local aid agencies and see how you can just coach it, um, a, a small business. Um, there's many things that you can do. You can look at investing in a micro loan if you want to help a determined seamstress or a fisherman um, or a goat herder in the developing world. You can go to places like Kiva.org. Um, Freedom from Hunger is another great organization. You know, there's there's just a lot of things that you can do, and I think what's the beautiful thing I'm finding now is that you know we're really seeing that, especially in the in the developing world, if we support entrepreneurs there. For the first time, young girls are going to school. You know, they're freed up from fetching water all day long. And, and with World Water Week right now, I have to make a plug for that. That yeah. you know, we've got to we've got to do more to help these young girls um, carry school books instead of water buckets. Yes, absolutely. I mean, but that's really you know part of who you are. I, I mean, I really loved getting to know you, even though we haven't really talked. I was really, really loving getting to know you, and I thought to myself. What does a day in the life of Susan Scogg look like? And then I came across a, a quote in your book, and it's like the dots came together for me, and I wanted to ask you about this quote, and I wanted to ask you how this quote reflects your life. The quote is in the section of the book that, you know, is called Ease Conflicts. It's the chapter that you wrote in the book. And, you know, you say, be the peace you want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. But the quote is not from Gandhi. The quote is from Rumi. Mm-hmm. And, the, and it's one of my favorites. And, and I, I got to this, and I wanted to ask you about this. The quote, okay, is this. Out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. Oh, I know. I know, I know, I know. I love that quote. That's one of my favorites too, Pat. Um, yeah, it doesn't get any, any juicier than that. And I think, you know, my previous book was about peacemaking. Um, and I, I think this is our challenge as, you know, if we've got challenges, it's to really see that we all are meeting on the same field. You know, the dreams, the hopes, the suffering, the pain, the longings I have are the same as people around the world. Um, and so that's my hope right now is that from, you know, whether it's West Bank, whether it's Akron, Ohio, whether it's inner city L.A., that we, we know that we've got the opportunity to, to basically hold the peace. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, any of the things we're talking about, whether it's rising prosperity in our country or getting clean water into Kenyan villages, um, we, that can't ripple out unless we work out our conflicts in a more um, thoughtful way. Um, and so I'm, I really feel strongly that, it's, and again, don't get me wrong, uh, you know, I can go sideways just as quickly as the <laughs> next person sometimes. <laughs> Please, don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but I think the challenge that, I think what I try and do is remind myself that I can always choose again. You know, if, if I find myself in conflict, I don't need to stay there. I can choose again and go to a higher level, and it certainly feels better. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I wanted to put peacemaking ideas in the book because I think we need a lot of volunteer support 
to to hold the peace. Compassionate listening is one beautiful group that's training volunteers to to listen to all sides of an issue. Um, and, and compassionate listening does beautiful work. I think that's again another great way to engage. Well, and you know, part of this is really asking ourselves the question: Are we are we ready to engage? You know, what is mm-hmm. it that's in front of us right now that stops us from reaching out and helping another person? You know, what is it that's going on in our mind? You know, whatever that story it is, we tell each other, Susan. You know, whether it's we're too busy, we don't have enough money, we don't, you know, we don't we don't have the skills, we don't have the talents. What do you say to people that come to you with that list of reasons? And I'm not saying that they're not real or true, mm-hmm. but what do we say to people that can't really see their way to taking that first step? You know, and I and I try and to me it's 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 a whole it's such an individual deal, isn't it? Um, yep, it is. And I and I, if people don't feel drawn to volunteering, mm-hmm. I think I'd be the last person to, to urge them to do it. I think this has to be a natural, natural impulse. Um, and I guess what I would just say is think about what really makes you feel good. Um, or think about something that's called to you. I, most people I've talked with have one issue or one challenge that's really, really bothered them. Um, they've got one thing they're concerned about with the state of the world. A lot of times it's children. You know, Maybe they're concerned about the fact that one in six children in America don't know where their next meal is going to come from. And so that's the kind of thing. I'd say sit with it. See what calls to you. Um, mm-hmm. And don't 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 let yourself hold yourself back. Don't 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 hold yourself back. Um, you know, maybe you feel like you're going to be looking foolish. Maybe you're going to have some fears. Maybe you feel like you don't have the time. Try it. Just just dabble um, and see if see how it feels to you. But I think it's just got to be this whole idea of ease into it. Um, I don't want this to be a, a, again a huge obligation or this sense of I got to do it. To me, giving back is a pleasure. It's a privilege. It rocks. It doesn't get any better than this. And that's the kind of feeling that I'm hoping people will bring to it, um, that I can't not do something because it just feels so great. And, and really, this is, this is kind of what we're talking, talking about is really a call to action. And moving beyond sort of the myths that we have about what that action means or how much time has to be involved, when I first came to Seattle, and I thought, okay, I'm going to go over there to Chicken Soup Brigade, and I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to, you know, I didn't say, wow, I'm going to spend like eight hours in the kitchen. I said, well, I'm going to go over there and hang out for an hour, although ultimately I started to spend all day Saturdays there because I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for our listeners today, and we have the best listeners on the planet, and so, <laughs> you know, at, at some level it's like preaching to the choir. You know, at another level... Someone has to, quote, lead the charge, so to speak. How can people, folks listening to the show, how can they get a sense of connection to take that step? And how are they connected with other groups and other people to do that so we don't feel like we're having to do it alone? I mean, clearly, before I went to the Chicken Soup Brigade, I was mm-hmm. alone. Once I got yeah. there, wow, it was a party. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly it, Pat. It looks like you're 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 out there on a limb, and and once you connect, it is a party. It's just the best thing. And um, 
You know, I'd say again, look at look at what calls to your heart, and I guarantee if something's calling to you, if you just start looking within your own community, you're going to find a nonprofit or a group of people already doing it. Um, and if you don't, there's great resources like Idealist.org is a fabulous website of humanitarian people. If you go to Idealist.org and Google, or, or rather, uh, search for what you're what you'd like to do, you're going to find a connection. Um, if you want to do a volunteer vacation, there are many beautiful organizations I mentioned in my book. Um, Cross-Cultural Solutions is one. Global Volunteers is another. Global Wear is fabulous. Eye to eye. Um, you know, just really try and figure out what your community is going to be. And, you know, what many people find is they really do want that connection of working side by side with people. And so they may want to go down to, there's a group called Project Cure, and they gather, use medical equipment, and they ship it to the developing world. Um, many people like to do book drives. Room to Read is a fabulous group that does book drives. Um, you can connect with them. So find your, you know, I think it's, I think that's part of the juice of giving back is, is doing it with other people. Um, and I, I, again, I guarantee I found when I started writing my book, I, I, after a while I just had to, to, to bring it home because there were so many fabulous opportunities that just kept cropping up because people are coming out of the woodwork to, to kind of, you know, dive in and engage. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, one of the articles I came across on your website uh, was an article uh, I believe that you put together called uh, Beating for Their Lives, Beating, mm. B-E-A-D-I-N-G, for Their Lives. I mean, for me, when I read this article and the project itself, this really speaks to a conversation, you know, that I had the other day uh, with Michael Beckwith about the power of creativity. Mm. This is, and let's let's just let our listeners know a little bit about beating for their lives, and they can go to your website certainly and read the article. But isn't this really the essence of what we're talking about here? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Really tapping into that inner fire, um, and knowing that you've got that inner fire waiting to be tapped. And the, what 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 beat for life? Beat for life came about because there were groups of refugee women um, in Uganda trying to figure out just how could they stay alive. And right. so they used the only resource they had, and they created beaded jewelry out of recycled paper. Mm-hmm. Those bead, oh, they're just gorgeous beaded jewelry. And they are now being marketed all over, all over the world. How, how can those of us out here that are looking at this, how can we support a project like this? For example, if I wanted to help by making these available to our listeners through the show and the website, how might I do that? You know, um, if you look at beadforlife.org, mm-hmm. you can throw a bead party. And basically, when I went to Uganda, I saw the women creating these gorgeous bracelets and, and necklaces, and they were so proud of the fact that their their own creativity was helping them reach for a greater day. They were literally dancing and saying, look at me, I am a rich lady. Um, and they're so on fire because they know that they're doing this. So look at Bead for Life. It's www.beadforlife.org. And you can throw a bead party for your friends and your family and your coworkers and sell the jewelry there, and the proceeds go back to support these beautiful women. Or you can shop online. Um, you can order directly from the website. 
So, and I think that's a, you know, women love to shop, of course. So if you feel like you don't, can't, don't have the time to volunteer, then use your creative shopping to shop for a purpose. And I think that's another great give back solution. Well, you know, this has been, Susan, wow, what an amazing show. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I could go, like, on and on and on, you know, <laughs> just talking about this. But I want to make sure our listeners, first of all, have information about the book and certainly your website. And thank you so much for joining us here today. And thank you for all that you do and all that you are. Oh, thank you, Pat. It's back at you. And know that I'm grateful for everything you're doing, and I love being with you tonight. And, and, you know, people can get the book just about anywhere, right? Yes. It's, it's, it's all over. And my website, again, is SusanSkog, S-K-O-G dot com. Or Sourcebooks is my publisher, Sourcebooks.com. I love that title um, or that publisher. And But it's, it's absolutely, you can find it online or order it directly from any one of us. And I would like to connect Dana Geyer with you. I really think, if nothing else, I would like to at least facilitate that conversation, whether it be email or otherwise. So I hope I can do that. I hope you'll be open to chatting with her and her son, who is over in Africa right now. And in the meantime, many of you listening, you'll get to hear that interview. Susan, thank you so much. As we say on the Dr. Pat Show, you rock. (laughs) Thank you, Pat. I feel the same. Thanks again. I loved it, and good night to everybody. Good night to everybody, and I want to thank you all for tuning in. If you want to find out more, if you've missed any part of this show or the over 2,000 archives we have, check us out on the website, www.thedrpatshow.com, T-H-E-D-R, patshow.com, or drpatlive.com. And until next week, remember, you have the power within you to change the world. Yes, you do. We'll see you next week right back here at the show. Thanks for tuning in. Down some